there, you blood-sucking dick leeches. Welcome to Thrones of Game, the Game of Thrones podcast that watched the series backwards. If you've never heard the show before, well, let me explain there, friend. My name is BT Calloway. I've already seen the entire show. And joining me is Elliot J. O'Neill, the man who had never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones until we started watching in reverse order. Elliot, how are you? Well, uh, I'm very drunk, my king. Uh, oh, drunk Tyrion is great. <laughs> I forgot that Tyrion doesn't really have a British accent, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's more kind of neutral and entirely in the mm. over-annunciation of vowels. Like Sideshow Bob. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's not American, but it's, it's definitely not British. It's the intelligent uh, accent. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We just watched season three, episode eight, entitled Second Sons. Uh, Elliot J. O'Neill, what just happened? Oh, once again, an episode that was named after the Daenerys storyline, and it couldn't have been less to do with that storyline. Yeah, I mean, for everyone playing at home, this is the one where, uh, okay, Daenerys just does nothing and wins. Yep. Like, the Second Sons just decide, well, Daria Naharis of the Second Sons destri- decides to betray his two friends, murder them, and join her when he's not getting paid, because she's hot. Yeah. I mean... Might not get paid, but he might get laid. Oh! Yeah, that was uh, his two tenets of life, man. It's mm-hmm. just uh, get fucked and then kill a dude who was trying to kill you. Yeah, I actually like that. We'll get to that. Um, Sansa gets married, which I didn't realize we had back-to-back weddings in this show. So, um, weddings! Yeah, weddings! Oh my gosh. And it wasn't that far before Joffrey's as well. They just yeah. went on a wedding, wedding season. Wedding rampage. And I said, wedding, what a uh, slip yeah. of the tongue that would be. <laughs> Freudian slip, where you say one thing, but you mean your mother. <laughs> Uh, and Sam slays a White Walker is the other big takeaway from that. Yeah, that was a fun little surprise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was once the scene started, I'm like, okay, this is probably that scene. But it's it's been a long time building re- yeah. re- in reverse for it because he gets made fun of it before, and people are like, oh no, I saw it, it happened, and you know, it's it's a whole thing we've been building up back. We've been walking up a hill backwards to get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, so let's just get through our questionnaire then. Uh, what was your MVP, your most valuable part? I, I gotta say, it's sort of tied between a few little moments. Of course, you know our constant employee of the month, mm-hmm. uh, Tyrion Lannister's just knocking it out of the park in this one. Yep. And I genuinely loved the Sam and Gilly scene in this. And I gotta say, um, this kind of makes me sad because I wish Gilly actually had a few more of these moments because mm. this was one where she was like, you know, uh, yeah, do you just say intelligent stuff to confuse me? Yeah. And it, it's like these rare moments that she gets where she gets to be quite profound yeah profound and very human and yeah. instead of like an object that needs protecting i suppose which or, or in the episode we'd watch now which is like how does anything work yeah almost like a you know comic relief yeah um yeah but, I agree. yeah in this one she shows like she can start a fire better than you know mr book smarts over here yeah yeah you may know the book smarts but i can start the fires i can you may have read all 12 books but i can anyway <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Um, yeah, it's one of those little dashes of giving her a, a more of a personality, more to do, and not just be a fun little side thing that happens every now and then. So yeah, what is also I like that. Obviously, you don't know too much about where she came from, but there's a nice collision of her world coming, like leaving her world, basically. Where yeah, yeah, she's traveling with this guy. She doesn't know terribly well, except tr- obviously trusts him, but then feels like he might be speaking down, but isn't really sure if he is or not. And Sam is probably like. Sam was probably like, I probably was, but only because I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's it. And you sort of see a bit of, like, Sam's uh, smart person logic challenged a bit. And, you know, her trying to figure out what the hell is these conventions with naming things. And Yeah, what like, do you I, mean you got a first name and a family name? What's that? Yeah. Uh, and um, <laughs> Randall's a strong name. 
Please don't name him Randall. <laughs> it's my father's name, and he's a bit of a douche. Yeah. Uh, and they bond over daddy issues. Yeah, I really liked this scene. I think hmm. they both like really shone brightly in this one. Yeah, I agree. It's and a- it was a great way to end the episode, too. Yeah, with that, what I'm now calling Chekhov's Dragon Glass. <laughs> because Sam kills, you know, White Walker with it, and they use it in the final battle, but it ends up being Valerian still that takes out the Night King. So oh. it, it it begs to a problem, which I may as well raise now, in the terms of a lot of, with a lot of people's disappointment to the end of the series, they're all talking about, oh, what about all these plot points that didn't pay off? But Game of Thrones was kind of built on not following standard procedure of storytelling. A lot of, mm. a lot of plot lines just ended with someone dying unexpectedly because that's what happens. Yeah. And that was the strength of the show. So I do wonder, how do you strike a balance between paying off what you've set up and also being like, no, that ended up being nothing. What Like, not everything is a thing. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's, I don't know how you do that. And to be fair, the final seasons of Game of Thrones definitely fucked all of it up. <laughs> but that said, their challenge, and we've talked about how everything from season five onwards just doesn't feel quite the same. And a lot of it I do attribute to now it's behaving like a normal story. Yeah. Uh, but just how, how do you step around that? I don't know. Yeah, because it is a tough balance because between, yeah, having um, an ending which peters out, which I unfortunately think uh, too many of the story threads in this show did. Mm. But, you know, you do make a good point. That's just what happens. Sometimes shit peters out. Sometimes Stannis Baratheon just kind of uh, whittles away until nothing. Yeah, his entire battle just goes to shit. You don't even show the battle. You just so yeah. show him losing. Mm. And... Yeah, it's 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 tough to be fair. Yeah, um, but yeah, once again, it's not as bad as uh, they handle it in the Daenerys yeah. story. Which, once again, you just don't show us the most exciting shit, <laughs> man, man. Anyway, what's your MVP? <laughs> okay, well, my MVP also went to drunk Tyrion because he's just great. And even everything around this, his whole you know awkwardness around Sansa of trying to explain look I'm going to be a husband and I'm not going to be a monster to you the way you're probably expecting but he mm. can't quite say that and it doesn't quite work um, and yeah he's just got so many good lines during that whole wedding feast uh, what, did, was he, what is it you called me once father a drunken little lust filled beast I'm the <laughs> god of tits and wine <laughs> that is amazing please tell me that was a meme <laughs> uh, a little bit he does have a quote earlier it's like there's a god of fire and a god of death and a god of this where's the god of Happiness. Where's the god of tits and wine? Yeah. <laughs> so he just becomes the god of tits and wine, so that's all right. No, that's it. And yeah, he's threatening Joffrey. And oh, then, yeah, I love that bit. And then I think in character he's like dialing up the drunkenness a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. I did kind of expect him to maybe close the door and then be like, well, that was jolly fun, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> did, you did it a little bit. Enough that, you know, you get the sense he has more of his wits about him than he's letting on at the, yeah. at the party itself. When, no. uh, you know, um, they're all like, oh, Sorry, Joffrey's all, let's put them to bed. Oh, let's have the bedding ceremony. He's like, nope, we're not doing that. And he's all, no, of course we are. Tear Sansa's dress off and let's carry them. I'll carry my uncle. He's not heavy. And he's like, if you do that, you'll be fucking your own bride with a wooden cock. Oh, (laughs) what a Game of Thrones equivalent of a record strat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole place just goes dead silent. It's like, oh my, doll. And then he, yeah, launches into about one and a half minutes of I've got a small willy routine. <laughs> yeah, which we know from later on he says he doesn't when he's yeah. all like, you're a dwarf, you'll have a dwarf's cock. Guess again. <laughs> which one do we believe? I don't know. But uh, just to say that he clearly was still quite drunk is when they get back to the room and he's watching uh, Sansa and he goes, astoundingly long neck you have one <laughs> yeah that's it 
Uh, but you know, good good old Terry and uh, you know inquiring about the age and then going, oh no, no, and, and like I do like his line of, and so my watch begins. <laughs> yeah, immediately the... falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, he's parroting the uh, oath, the uh, night's yeah. watch taken for to take no brides, yada yada yada. Oh right, right. Oh yeah, okay. that ties. Well, in that's, a bit that's my take of it away from it. It's like, well, I guess we're not getting. I'm not getting laid for a while. I may as well be in the night's watch. But well, yeah, I always got that. Per- um, um, idea that he was just marrying Sansa to protect so, her for someone else. So yeah, diplomatic marriage. You know, they happened as well. So oh, okay. I guess I got the impression that she was meant to wed Joffrey, but he stepped in. You are correct, sort of. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's not terrible. He was, she was meant to marry Joffrey, but then Marjorie Tyrell stepped in. Right. Uh, but and because her family was richer, they were like, ah, oh, you're off the hook, Sansa. And then somewhere along the line, they're like, well, we need to solidify a, a relationship with the North, so Tyrion can marry Sansa. That'll do it. All right. Yeah. And um, yeah, this got me like in that moment where she's like 14, and I'm like, there's no way this like obviously 25 year old mm-hmm. is 14. Looked it up. Holy fuck, she was 16 at the time of this. Yeah. No, they. I they, didn't realize she was this young. Yeah. They cast child actors for the children. Yeah. So, and I didn't know that she was that close to the actual age. Probably would have been 14 when the whole thing started. Yeah. Yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I think she. I saw she was born in 96 or something. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, pretty close to it. So, yeah, props to actually casting people who aren't, you know, 28 being like, I'm 14. Yeah. But, uh, of course, as well, yeah, very creatively and tastefully shot around uh, um, her undressing and calling it at the exact right moment. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But right before she drops the strap of the undergarments, well, the Victorian era undergarments. So basically, still a full uh, dress. Because yeah, I do worry a lot about, you know, children in uh, Hollywood and acting and all that who yeah. might not get put in these great positions. Well, there's a lot of protections to that. And, yeah, she would probably have like her parents on set or something. Mm. I'm very curious. Uh, to Maisie Williams' contract because when she signed, she would have been underage. But then she does have a nude scene in the eighth season. So it's like, when did the contract switch? And was there nudity in that? And did she know about that? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I mean, presumably she- yes. I'm assuming Game of Thrones is not going to HBO is not trying to fuck over its own actors. Yeah, I assume. I don't know. No, she probably got um the final right of permission once she turned 18. Yeah, so I guess. She was like, all right, let them see some Maisie Bum. Yeah, but if they're just flipping through the contract, she's like, oh, nudity now. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Curious. Um, yeah, man, that was my main MVP. I do want to throw a little bit to Sir Davos to talking to Stannis Baratheon in the dungeon. It's not as dramatic or as interesting, but it's just a solid bit where, you know, Sir Davos is, trying, is still learning to read on his own and, you know, uh, Stannis walks in and is like, oh, you know, we're going to have the Baratheon boy here, and he's like, you're going to kill him. He's like, well, I'm going to sacrifice him. It's what's the difference between kill and sacrifice, tomato, tomato, ah. Yeah, um, did I see this kid again? Gendry, yeah. He, uh, he's the one Davos sends oh, off in the boat, right, and he's yeah. the one who bangs Arya. Oh, right. And becomes duh. Lord of Storm's End, which is a good name. Yeah, sorry, it's just so many, like, yeah, yeah ha- honestly, handsome white dudes. When that scene started with him just standing in the room, I thought it was Podrick for a second. Yeah. <laughs> like, he does look a fair bit, like, very similar haircut, and, you know. No, now you mention it, I remember, because, yeah, I remember thinking King Di- uh, Prince Dijob, obvious yeah. Dijob. <laughs> remember, he also goes sailing for three seasons, mm. so, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, I did like the little back and forth and also says, you know, you could have released me yesterday. You could have released me tomorrow. Obviously mm. you're releasing me today because you want me to disagree with you. And he's all, yeah. all like, I'm not saying that. Although, please do. <laughs> yeah. And fucking Red Queen just, uh, mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, shall we just cut to nudity? <laughs> sure. 
Uh, yeah, once again, Melisandre just gets, remember in the other episode, she's all like, he, uh, Davos is all like, well, why did you uh, go with this woman? He's like, she came in with her big words and no clothes. What would you do if Davos? like, oh. fair, I would have done that. But then she put leeches on his dick. Yeah. <laughs> and just to be a bitch as well. Like, like <laughs> she made the point, you know, you don't, you know, slaughter the lamb straight away. Once it sees the knife, the meat tastes bad. No, no, no. The lamb saw the knife. <laughs> yeah. You freaking put leeches on him and on his, like, and she's getting leeches to, you know, get the ki- uh, blood of a king or the descendant of a king to then be used in black magic to off, you know, Stannis's, uh, what's it, rivals. Mm. Um, but you didn't have to put a leech on his dong to do it. No, that was just pouring salt on the wound. Or on the leech, on your dong. Pouring leech on the dick. <laughs> <laughs> the new colloquialism for that. Um, and it also begs the question, because all those people, that they put the leeches in the fire and, uh, you know, pray to die, then die. So it's like, oh, yeah. why not just keep Gendry alive and keep going with leeches? Mm. And my guess is this is to prove it, but later on the Lord of Light won't accept that small of a sacrifice. I don't know, whatever. But it just seems like, you could just be like, soldier number one, soldier number two, yeah. soldier number three, <laughs> just kill all those guys. It's going to be a while. we got a lot of leeches, soldier number 47, <laughs> soldier number 48. Yeah, that's it. And leeches don't take that much blood at each time. So I think he'd be good for at least, I don't know, 100 before you'd have to like let him recharge, give him some red meat for a week. And yeah, then, exactly. Yeah. yeah but you could work this out. Just a little fucking um, king killing farm. Yeah. I mean, seems, makes sense to me, but, you know, what do I know about the Lord of Light? Uh, <laughs> he works in convenient ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, that, that must be his slogan. Uh, yeah, come to my religion. We have hot naked women and convenient things. And also some murder. <laughs> you might get burned alive. Get away that up. But it'll be for the greater good, don't you know? Yeah, we're all about that greater good. Uh, ready to, for barbecue? Yay, kill the little girl with callous face. Ah, ah, sad. Um, mm. Yeah, any other moments of nudity? Uh, a little bit when the uh, second son captains are all talking. It's more almost nudity. There's a mm. you know woman on the main guy's lap. I gotta say, that main guy was like, well, I say main, the one who did the most talking. Was just kind of like a generic arsehole for the purpose of being an arsehole. Yeah. Like Daenerys comes to him like, oh, I've heard, I know you've been hired by these people. I've come to make you a better offer. And he's like, ah, show me a cunt. And it's like, dude, she's making you a business deal. I'm meant to believe you lead an entire batal- battalion of soldiers who se- who fight for money. I have to believe you're also better businessmen than this. Yeah. This is kind of just, you're generically bad and annoying to make Dario Naharis look better. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just... Again, try to go into the Daenerys stuff with an open mind mm-hmm. and stuff, but it's just, it feels so contrived in that way. It's just like, I'm yep. bad. I want to rape you. Rape you, rape, rape, rape. And it's not engaging in a, or clever or anything. And it's yeah. like, not this sort of mental chess game that you get so often with these Game of Thrones characters. It's just boring. Yeah, he's just needlessly bastard. And you're like, well, you're a boring character now. Who? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's just like... And it's the difference between like him and Walter Frey, who is like awful and just saying all that sort of similar shit, but um, he's motivated by something, you yeah, know. Yeah, and he's also sitting in a position of absolute power. If yeah. he if he said no to that wedding, they would have been all right. Well, we have to leave now, and we're screwed. Whereas yeah. you know, and whereas this guy is going into a business meeting being a dick for no particular reason, and it just becomes yeah, it becomes boring. Surprisingly, what is the thing with the coins anyway? I thought though, I I don't think I got what happened here. Uh, no, it was basically just drawing straws to see who would, uh, which one of the three would then go kill Daenerys. Oh right, okay. Yeah, so that was pretty much it. It was just three different coins, so that instead of straws, and they all picked one. And there was that bit where the woman who was sitting on his lap, he gives her the coins, and she closes her eyes to go around mm. each of them. And there was a coffee table like between them, and I just really wanted to bang it. She's like. Fuck! <laughs> 
Oh, why wouldn't you tell me that was there? Oh, God. Oh, why does that hurt so much? Don't have shin protection like you cunts. Oh, my God. I'm not even wearing pants. God. <laughs> this is barely covering anything. I technically qualify for Thrones of Games nudity question. Yeah, but not quite. So I wrote like an N and then crossed it because it's not quite. It's very close. Mm. It's as close as you can get without qualifying for the nudity. I will say as well, again, I think uh, the Amelia Clark nudity was handled tastefully as well. And yeah. not that I care much for this storyline, but I thought it was a good position of like uh, comfort and power and all yeah, that exactly. sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I agree. It's a moment of power nudity where, mm. you know, Daria Naharis comes into her bath, where, uh, bath, sorry, when she's having a bath and uh, M- Melisandre, Melisandre? No. Uh, Miss Sunday. Miss Sunday. I'm like, what is the other M name? Miss Sunday is, you know, looking after her and it's like, she kind of turns the tables on him by being like, oh, I know what you want and I'm just going to stand here while my, uh, you know, Melisandre, no, fucking goddamn, <laughs> Miss Sunday dresses me and uh, mm. I have all the power now, bitch. That's it. And yeah, Captain Handsome once again acting like absolute dog shit. And <laughs> yeah, he's honestly, I'm, I'm very glad they are not just replaced the actor, but just replaced kind of the personality a little bit as well, mm. because this guy's always, well, aren't I handsome and a good fighter? That's about it for me. And also I'm in love with you now. And it's like, what? Yeah, no. And it's. Again, we've said it a million times. It is wild how they look so different. But yeah, I did look it up. Mm. So apparently uh, the reason that they initially changed or initially said that they changed was because uh, Captain Handsome took her role in the film. The transporter refueled. Yeah. Refueled. Um, However, um, that actor subsequently stated that this change was due to politics and hasn't said much more. Yeah. So read between the lines on that. Yeah. he got fired for probably being a dog shit actor. Yeah, that's kind of my feeling too. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they would risk continuity just for him not being a great actor, but maybe they would. Maybe he caused some kind of problems on set. I don't know. Yeah. The fact that he says politics and doesn't say anything else, I don't know how many ways to interpret that other than you got fired and you don't want to talk about why. Yeah, and look, it's amazing to me that this uh, show in this third season would get a casting decision this wrong. Like, mm. But... I mean, there's been other things like that, and yeah, we've certainly had our own experiences yeah. with that. And I mean, maybe it was just a question of they didn't realize how important he was going to be. I don't know how yeah. they wouldn't know that because he obviously, from like the opening of this scene, you know he's going to be the bigger deal because two of the, he, like it's the guy who brings them in, introduces two of them, and then the third one's like, oh, what was your name again? And then there's like you know. Spotlights and fireworks. Series. I'm Dario Naharis. You're going to need to remember that name, yeah. audience. Well, and I, I mean, that's probably it. He probably auditioned very well. And like, mm. again, he is ridiculously handsome. So I can see like aesthetically why he fits into this world. But also like, yeah, it's just such a... Because <laughs> um, uh, it, it's not that um, his character when he was replaced made that much of an impression on me then either. No. But it was just more subtle about it, I yeah. think. And he just, seemed, he just seemed to have more going on, even with arguably the same amount of dialogue per scene. Yeah. So but, I mean, it's sort of gotten me thinking about like the casting of the voice of Zelda in Breath of the Wild, where um, in-game she sounds so flouncy and weird and disjointed from all the other voice actors in the game. But like, I, I feel like I'd understand for a casting director on its own, in isolation, mm. how you'd go... This works. This voice works. It doesn't necessarily gel with the voices around it. Yeah. But in isolation, it works. Yeah, I can understand that. Anyway. 
Um, but yeah, he has this whole thing of like, they're sitting around, he's all, and they're all like, well, we fight for coin. He's like, well, I fight for beauty. It's like, fuck off. Yeah. I already dislike you because he's just like, what? That said, I do like his line of, uh, there are two thrills to, the gods gave them, gave men two thrills for in life before they died to fuck a woman who wants to be fucked and to kill a man who wants to kill you. I'm like, Mm. that's pretty good. That's consent and murder. Well, I mean, consent and self-defense. No, that's it. And I feel like he drives that point home with the little flirting of the, uh, with the girl who was handing out the buttons. Mm -hmm. Yep. Coins, buttons, whatever. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So that is nudity. Um, Shall we move on to violence? Violence. Yes. Uh, Let's see. I mean, not too much of this other than, well, I mean, I guess Dariana Harris dumps out a couple of heads and then they kind of rock almost near each other. I'm like, now keys. (laughs) But again, I just felt like they cut away from a scene that could have potentially been cool. Like, well, I kind of wanted to see the betrayal. Like, this didn't, I don't yeah. know. It's like they wanted the thrill because he sneaks into Dan, Bra- Dan Brady's tent and, you know, takes Miss Sunday hostage. And so you want, I suppose they want that misdirect of, oh, he's going to kill her now. But you're like, I feel like even on the forward watch, I didn't think he was going to. No, because I- then why would you do it like that? Well, especially letting her go. By then I'm like, oh, okay, this is... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I should have seen it coming, but anyway. <laughs> and would have just been real funny if someone speared him in the back and he then he dropped and he was like, no, I was bringing you heads and yeah. I was on your side. I was just doing a bit. Oh, God. Do your guards not understand bits? Way more interesting. Especially <laughs> Grey Worm. He does not understand bits. No. He would be like, he was here to kill Miss Dan Brady. <laughs> what is bit? <laughs> <laughs> I stab him with the bit of my spear that stabs people. <laughs> is this bit? It's like, oh, you know what? Whatever. He's dead. <laughs> you know what, Gary? That is actually a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Grey Worm does well. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I do also have to add the bit of uh, Dan Brady bathing lady. <laughs> so add that to our list of Dan Brady puns. Or tongue twisters, rather. Hmm. Pun twisters. Pun twist. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's just bounce around a little bit more chaotically. Um, Melisandre's all like, there are no mistakes. And I was taking your cue off. You galaxy brained idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. Shut up. <laughs> well, there are no mistakes. Just what the Lord. Uh, wills. That's why he escaped later because the Lord willed it and that's why this happened because now it's a shut up. You just got an answer for everything, don't you? And it's all just, oh, he works in convenient ways. Mm. Yeah, frustrates the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also like when she gets on top of Gendry, she says, come fight death with me. It's like, well, that's a hell of a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, maybe you can use that in bed with your partners out there. And I'm like, wait, no, they think they're going to put dicks on their genitals. Well, no, the way, okay, the way you entice someone is come fight death with me. That's pretty good. That's like, if someone like was just in a pub, ran up to you, grabbed your hand and yelled, come fight death with me, you'd be like, mm. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas on the flip side, if they use her other line of, you have so much blood, run away. <laughs> <laughs> Because no one should be telling you unless they're there to like, even, you know what, even if they're a doctor there to take some blood from you, if they have, if they say you have so much blood, nope, nope, leave. Yeah. No, that's it. And Hitchhiker's Guide, if she'd uh, said to, uh, what's his face in the bathrobe, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want your blood. <laughs> He's like, nope, nope, out, bye. Oh, wait, he didn't end up going with her the first time anyway. Anyway. No, she was all like, let's go to Madagascar. And if she had said, come fight death with me. Then maybe. Maybe. Could have changed the whole world. <laughs> yeah. Um, We get a bit of Hound and Arya buddy cop movie. and mm-hmm. At the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like it's at the very beginning of this story as well. Yeah, because uh, you know, pretty much all the bits are still there. She still hates and almost bludgeons him with a rock in his sleep. And I do like his bit of, you know, eyes closed to him. It's like, you get one shot. Yeah. If you mess it up, I'm going to go break your hands. And I keep sort of... Fe- I, I 
guess I didn't make the connection. So the brother who burnt his head um, against the bed, that was the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't make that connection uh, the couple of times he's mentioned that story. No, no, it's fair. He oh, does always just say my brother or whatever his actual name is, but I can't remember right now. Yeah, and now he's telling a bit more of that backstory and saying how he used to, I don't know, make nunchucks out of goats or something. What did he do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to believe he made nunchucks out of goats now. <laughs> a spinning goat would make a terrifying sound and then it would hit you. And it has horns as well, yeah, so know. it's kind of an effective nunchuck <laughs> if you can wield it. Very difficult to wield, but it would be into- if someone comes towards you swinging goats around like nunchucks, you'd be like, "I'm gonna leave. I am not gonna fight death with you." God, I would have stayed longer if you had asked for my blood. Fuck. <laughs> I was like, "Jeez." <laughs> yep. Um, oh yeah, and I do like when they're traveling. You know, he's, she's all like, "Oh, aren't you taking me back to, to uh, King's Land?" And he's like, "No, I'm taking to your aunt to sell you. You stupid idiot." Yeah. And uh, he's like, "Oh, you know, there'll be a wedding, and your family will be there. Won't that be nice?" Well, let's look forward to that next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I hear wedding bells. And again, I, it just leads into how well they just built that up, and it mm. just crashed so hard and hurt so much. Well, I guess yeah, it would have lured you into an extra false sense of security, seeing this wedding going on as well. Weddings are just a thing that happens. Yeah. Nothing tragic needs to go. It's it's a very good misdirect. I like it. Yeah. So yeah. well done on the red wedding. I am traumatized for life. Good job. <laughs> um. Uh, speaking of weddings as well, Tyrion and Sansa get married by an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> he really did have sideburns that were very distracting. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it made me think. Oh my god, this is like their Vegas quickie wedding, isn't it? Like, pretty much. They're getting married by Elvis in a harsh and hurry. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It did, I guess, yeah, there was all the, the the reception that took up all the screen time, but yeah. compared to some of the other weddings where they do dwell on it a lot more. Mm. Um, actually, a lot of people do get married in this. Most of them are Sansa, um, <laughs> but uh, it's it still happens a fair few times. Oh, right. Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, I've got a few notes around the wedding scene as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, Marjorie Tyrell's and fucking uh, Cersei. Holy fuck. <laughs> oh, man. So they go back and forth a lot, because I remember talking once, maybe three episodes ago, about how mm. them, their, their conversation was very much, uh, isn't it unfortunate we have to get married for diplomacy, but that's a woman's life, we're in this together, gal pals, a little bit, not too much, because, you know, Seesaw has never liked um, Marjorie Tyrell. Sorry, I can't believe it's not Marjorie Tyrell. <laughs> that's right. We did talk about trying to give her a nickname at one point, and that's the best I got at the moment. It's long, <laughs> but, you know, that's what happens. Not as long as Dan Brady's name. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I know what's going on for here. Dan um, Brady, the bra- bathing, uh, Dan Brady, the bathing lady. Uh, uh, the uh, God, I forget all the other ones we had for her. Uh, Dan Brady, bathing lady, braids a lady. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, uh, I can't believe it's not Marjorie Tyrell walks up and says, "Oh, you, Queen Mother, you look so radiant." She's like, "Radiant? Why'd you pick that word, bitch?" <laughs> Where you can be sisters. Call me a sister again and I'll strangle you in your sleep. Yeah, call me. It was a very, um, what's it called here? Uh, Jules from uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. Call me sister again, bitch. I dare you. I double dare you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that said, gives a little background on the story of the Reigns of Castlemere. Um, yeah, that's right. And mm-hmm. yeah, I guess foreshadowing for next episode yeah, as well. Yeah, cold Reigns of Castlemere. In retrospect, we really should have seen that coming. Yeah. 
Um, uh, but also just like, I do like, um, Seesaw does have a good line where Marjorie Tyrell's talking about something. I'm just trying to be, oh, nice. And I was, aren't weddings pretty? And I'm smiling so well. Mm. And Seesaw's all like, uh, well, you're an ambitious family. And what ambitious climber wants to stop on the second rung? Everyone wants to be on the top. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. I like it. No, that's it. But I do like how Tyrell's each like try and kill with kindness as Mm. well. Cause yeah, then we've got a bit of Sass Queen. Bit of Sass Queen! Who's... yeah. yeah, just laying out the total soap opera of shit that's going <laughs> on like, right well, now. Well, then she will be your great aunt, but you'll also be your re- queen regent mother, and he'll be your uncle's nephew's monkey. And it's like, God, I'm lost. <laughs> yeah, and you know she's just stirring shit, and she knows she's stirring shit. And, ah, yeah, love my sass queen. Sass. <laughs> Uh, but just before that, bit of seesaw again was like, oh yeah, and where are the and where are the reins of Castamere now? And so, and you know, I can't believe it's not Marjorie Tyrell. It's just like, oh you know, <laughs> smiling is oh you know, gone. It's like mm, gone. That's a good word for it. Rot is the word I would use. And it's like, ah, seesaw, tone it down for like a day. Oh, and even like when she's talking to the Iron Fist, you know, no one gives a fuck about your <laughs> what your father said or did. <laughs> yeah, poor Lawrence, he tried, <laughs> immediately shot down. But also, and that's the kind of thing. There's a begrudging moment of oh. I better go talk to Cersei while I'm meant to be getting married for diplomacy, yada, yada. You know, my father's shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they didn't even come close to getting married. No, before, yeah. I think, what happened? Does he blow up? I think he blows up. Hmm. No, he's a, still a prisoner in the Sept when it explodes, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah it was so long ago. Mm. But, you know, a lot of people got exploded. It's pretty safe to say either died in the Red Wedding or got exploded in the Sept, seeing as how, much, how many characters go out in both. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, let's see, what else have I got here? A little bit of, uh, you know, just eyes between Tyrion Sansa and, um, you know, Tyrion's side piece, yeah. whose name is currently eluding me. Shay. 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 Yeah, just Shay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my only other note is, yeah, of course, the poor bastard, the poor bastard kid who gets sacrificed, he was from a place called Flea Bottom. Yeah. That is so on the fucking nose. Yeah, maybe there's a whole discussion between him and Sir Davos later. It's like, you're from Fleabottom. I'm from Fleabottom. What part? He's like, oh, you know, this is like, oh, that was the fancy part of Fleabottom. <laughs> I was from the shit part. Why do I feel like we made a North Kilt Town reference on there? <laughs> anyway. Because it, it sounds like something we would do. Yeah, but I'm out of notes. Uh, let me just have a creep through here, because I'm sure I've got... Oh, yeah, there was no colour for this wedding, unlike the purple wedding and the red wedding, so I'm going to call it the red wine wedding. <laughs> Um, Joffrey is always a cunt. Oh, he's like, removing the stool and then everyone should, oh, oh, Even before that, he rocks, you know, rocks up next to Sansa. She's like, what are you mm. doing? He's like, well, your father, somebody just, someone handsome and wonderful murdered your father. So I guess I have to walk you down the aisle and give you away. And she's like, oh God. But, you know, keeps it together as Sansa always does. Oh, and then cocky little bitch Takes away the little stepladder for Tyrion so he can't put the, the robe on Sansa and she has to kneel down and everyone's mm. laughing and all that. And then, of course, later on is just being a dick in general. General and again, props to the actor. Even his little cocky ah, laugh is like, oh god, I want to just strangle you with your own teeth. I don't know how that yeah. works, but I want it to happen. I actually liked the complexity <laughs> in this moment. That yeah, uh, Tyrion, daddy, what's his name again? Uh, uh, Tywin. Tywin. Yeah, yeah. He turns around and you know, death stares the people chuckling. And... Yeah, it's all about family. Yeah. How dare it. you make fun of our family? I know it's a silly prank, my little grandson put on my son but it's still our family you'll respect us or i'll murder you no that's it i'll call him a lustful drunk but he's my son to call he's him he's my lustful drunk yeah look at his whittle face <laughs> i was gonna drown him at birth oh actually yeah <laughs> speaking of his whittle face yeah man Tyrion's scar looks worse and better in some episodes and today it was bad <laughs> yeah yeah it looked much more scar like and it is fresher at this point 
Yeah. Um, I don't know when he gets it. I think it's either, possibly beginning of this season, actually. I just think it's wild how much it changes. And I know you, like, scars do change and look different over mm. time. But, but they, they go one direction. Yeah. <laughs> they they fade. They don't fade and then come back a bit and then leave again. Yeah, and I feel like in certain episodes it's deeper than it is in others. Mm. And also it doesn't, like, uh, creep across his other, uh, his opposite, above his opposite eyebrow yeah. in the later seasons either. It's just, uh, it's, a, it's a really point of annoyance for me. Yeah, for a, for a show that paid so much attention to costume, it's surprising they didn't keep that, like, be like, okay, here's what how the, a scar like that would naturally fade. Let's keep it on that scale. Yeah. And no. it might have just been a shooting thing of, I don't know, even then, that's what they're supposed to do when they break up, you know, we're doing season. So we're doing episode four here and five here and three there and yada yada, yeah. all in the same day maybe. But that's why you have departments who pay attention to that kind of thing. And I think it's the thing where it could look different different season to season, but to me it looks different episode to episode. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to do like a flip book. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, fuck, there was another note of costume. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sam said, oh, it's getting dark and it's clearly like midday in a distant shot, like... Yeah, well, I took that as being, like, very early setting sun, and he was yeah, just like, maybe we should just stop because you have a baby and everyone's tired, and, you know, it was more of a, a gesture of, let's rest, rather than, uh, it's definitely getting dark, as you can tell from our lighting crew. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I took it as. Well, um, no, it sort of felt to me that they'd shaded a certain area of the set to uh, go... Uh, yeah, it is getting dark and it would look like but in mid-afternoon, but like it's just in the distance. It was just clearly a very bright day out. and Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, whatever. Small point of annoyance. And then a shit ton of ravens show up. Yeah. So, I'm not so sure ominous. Why. Not entirely sure why they just kind of do. Um, mm. Let me see what else have I got. Yeah, here. did ravens ever accompany the White Walkers ever? I th- I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, because that tree they stopped by has, like, the face in it, it's part of the old gods, same as the Three-Eyed Raven is somehow linked to that. It's never really oh, clear. Right. So I think that was them sending a bit of a warning, because, you know, there's all the ravens there, all coring, and then they all just stop. Yeah. And it's like, oh, did Tyrion threaten to fuck someone with a wooden cock? <laughs> no, what am I saying? That couldn't happen. We're, we're about north of the wall. Yeah. Um... I guess that's what it, uh, that's that's me giving as much as I can to this show. Yeah, no, fair enough. But then, well, then why do they chase them away? I don't know. But you tell them to run. I don't. I don't, I don't mm. know, man. Um, what else have I got here? Uh, a little bit of Tyrion and Sansa and that awkwardness when he's all, "I know how you feel," and she's like, "You couldn't know how I feel." He's like, <laughs> "You know what? You're right. You don't know how I feel. I don't know how you feel. But do you drink wine uh, when I have to? Well, <laughs> you're going to have to at our wedding. Ha ha." It's a, a little bit of levity between these two very sad characters. Yeah. No, absolutely. No one's into this, and yeah, they're both acting the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, I also have a question of, after Ramsay dies, are there any good villains in this show other than Cersei? Maybe yeah. that's also part of its problem. We were kind of out of fun villains. Or not even, not, not strictly speaking fun, but fun in the way that glorious to hate, or just so compelling despite being awful people like Ramsay was. Yeah, well, I guess... Uh, you're meant to be con- questioning towards the end if Daenerys is mm. actually um, as just as she keeps claiming she is. And um, yeah. I gotta say, on, on this reverse watch, I've soured so much on Dan Brady. Yeah. Like, just, especially in this episode where she does nothing and wins. And it's like, why are you a big deal again? Yeah, I- I'm. I'm really hoping for something like special in season two or at the start of season three or something mm. you know around when um yeah uh jason momoa was in the show as well because yeah. yeah i feel like i'm watching the aftermath of a bunch of legwork that's already been done 
that I'm meant to be taking a lot more from this. But, I mean, even then, she, like, rarely flexes her powers at all, like, um, to well, sort of justify any of that shit. Well, I don't know. Yeah, so far in a watch hasn't really flexed any kind of, like, brilliance or, mm. like, political insight or genius or anything. She's just kind of lucked out a bunch. And, uh, and dragons at this stage are tiny. Yeah, they're small. She can't do much with them at the moment. Yeah, and she's like playing it like her we've got a Hulk moment and she doesn't. She's got, you know, three tiny little spitfires and they're yeah. not ready for battle. But I have dragons and in two years you're going to be so sorry you said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I hope there's a little bit more to bring me back around to. I've forgotten enough about this storyline for me to be surprised. Um, yeah. So I hope there's something more there. Otherwise, I feel like it might just be, you know, bounding off of season one and two. Yeah. Which, and in contrast to, like, that, I think Amelia Clark is fucking awesome. Like, mm. she's a great actress, obviously. I, d- I just, I don't like the story. She's a great actress in this. I yeah. don't think I've seen her in anything else I liked. Oh, she was awesome as Zoidberg's girlfriend. That's true. <laughs> you can be Zoidberg's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, voice acting and Game of Thrones, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> she should have voiced a dragon. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, let me have a quick flip through here. We mentioned Sass Queen, 14 years old. God, it's um, still so weird seeing her with brown hair. Sorry, I'm just bringing up her yeah, filmography. Yeah. yeah. Well, she was in Terminator Genesis. <laughs> no. Oh, she was Sarah Connor in that? Yeah. So now two women from Game of Thrones have been Sarah Connor. Oh. Because um, Lena Headey mm. was uh, Sarah <laughs> Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, so. of course. Oh, she was in uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, ah, yeah, Kira. she was too. I was did that, not see that. Um, Han Solo's first love. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah, his childhood. It wasn't bad. Like, I know a lot of people rag on it, but... Well, that's the main thing I've heard is, oh, it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I liked it better than Rogue One, and I know a mm. lot of people, like, that really is polarizing. Yeah, I'm uh, very mixed on Rogue One. Yeah. Anyway, I loved the final scenes. Anyway, that's yeah. a different movie. Uh, what else did she do? I don't know that. <laughs> she done Robot Chicken. Mm. Uh, oh, it doesn't done many TV. Thunderbirds are go. There's a 2017 Thunderbirds series. Yeah, they uh, tried rebooting it a little bit. Huh. She was on a Don Hemingway album. All right. Oh, that's wait. Nothing. Nope, scratch that. That's not. Anyway. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, um, not much that I recognise. Nope. Uh, it does kind of surprise me how... Well, that was a worthwhile diversion. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's cool. It does kind of surprise me how few Game of Thrones stars are have moved on to other things. Mm. Like, some of them have had long-established careers anyway. Like, uh, Charles Dance, who plays Tywin. Yeah. Um, you know, even uh, Tyrion even had a something of a career and definitely got more roles post-Game of Thrones. Yeah, definitely. Um, but he, he was already well, pretty much your go-to if you needed a little person. He was in both Death at a Funerals. Yeah, I know. I think he was the only cast member to do that, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Kit Harrington was in some stuff. He was in like, Call of Duty. Yeah, uh, Lamey Janitor's going to be mm-hmm. uh, Joel in The Last of Us f- series, I think. Series. They're, yeah. yeah, they're making that now, which I think is just excellent casting. It is pretty good. But, uh, he was what I would have suggested if uh, they asked me if to play Nathan Drake, but they went with Tom Holland, so interesting. Yeah, uh, I guess it, uh, that is, he does seem very young, and even then just very young-faced. Yeah. That depends, I guess, what age they're going, if they're doing like the beginning of... Yeah, if they're setting up a film franchise with this, which, I mean, Uncharted could be, like, this generation's Indiana Jones, like... Yeah, 
makes a lot more sense to like do a prequel than to actually do one of the actual games because that's the problem with adapting any game you know what happens that's my big concern on a last of us movie i've already seen the last of us it was called the last of us and i already played through it yeah exactly like if you follow the same plot line it's the same why am i watching it whereas if you could say the same about a book but at least a book is not a visual medium already you can bring these things to life you can adapt it for Mm. visuals uh whereas you know this not so much but whatever, we'll wait and see. Will it break the uh, all video game movies are bad curse? Probably Let's not. hope so. <laughs> Our last hope, Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender. Jeez, <laughs> uh, or the uh, Tomb Raider movie, which I never saw, but no one had anything good to say about. <laughs> oh yeah, with uh, Velociraptor neck. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I say that being fully in love with the Resident Evil series, mm. but I also know they're not good movies. <laughs> That's not why I love them. Anyway, if we're talking about this crap, uh, we must be getting towards the end. I actually do have a couple more. Um, where do we have here? Specifically, just how good it looked when St- Sam did stab the White mm. Walker with the uh, Dragonstone knife, and he kind of just shatters into ice. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool stuff. Yeah, even when the White Walker grabbed the sword, like it kind of did look a bit crummy CGI, but again, we're watching this on the DVD. There's a bit of uh, pixelation that's going on with uh, my TV, um, but like artistically i liked what how it like made that all is lost moment yeah all, all the better especially because gilly's just screaming and clutching yeah. a baby it's like well you guys are boned and then no uh but i also do like sam has the great uh, i'll be back i just want to sit once just want to take a look it's like well if this was a horror movie you'd be <laughs> dead because <laughs> no one comes back from saying i just want to take a look yeah <laughs> yeah uh but yeah that puts me out of notes so how about you yeah i'm done all right then we must ask our final question how did we get here well, a bunch of ratings uh, swooped in and alerted me to and the like, fact that... spelled out the words. <laughs> yeah, and there was a lot of them because, mm. yeah, this title is... Uh, the next episode's title is The Bear and the Maiden Fair. Ah, right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go, go see what, the ballet. ballet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen to The Simpsons Index. That's where we're from. Yep. Uh, yeah, but that, yeah, that's my predictions. All right, well, we'll see what happens next time on Thrones of Game. Until then, my name has been BT Calloway. That's been L.A.J. O'Neill. Goodbye. And for now, our watch is ended. A rogue raid road rage, rogue raid road rage, rogue raid road rage. Rockley Road. <laughs> rogue raid road rage. It's not that hard. Rogue raid road rage. It's fun though. It mm. does it does require you to really get some jaw like you have to focus on it. You can't just stumble through it. So Yeah, if it was one of those over exaggerating exercises, road rage, rogue rage. A randy rogue raiding rocky roads. <clears throat> I don't have names for people here. I never I never think of names. I don't know, I got nothing here. Blood sucking dick leeches. <laughs> I'll take it.